Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truths. Hope you're enjoying your day. And for those of you that are watching, um, I'm sorry that uh, Josh and I haven't changed our clothes in the last three days. Uh, obviously, we're recording all of these on one day. And Josh, I have to say that we look kind of like we, we color-coordinated this thing. But uh, those of you that are listening, be, be, just be grateful that, that you're listening. Um, <laughs> yes, you're not sure. missing much, I can tell you that. We're in 1 John chapter 2, and we're in a section of Scripture where God is making it very clear that we have a relationship with God because of Christ, and we have a relationship with God that is guarded because of Christ. It's a positional rate of relationship because we're made righteous by Him, but it's an ongoing practical relationship because His blood yet speaks for us day by day. And if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we want to be humble. We want to admit as we walk in the light and God exposes things in our lives. We want to admit, Lord, I've fallen short here. And God, I'm sorry. And I shouldn't have. And Lord, I admit. And God continues to do that work of grace in our life. And that ongoing relationship of walking with Jesus, of knowing God, creates in us a desire. That's what grace does. It gives us that desire to do His will. And we find ourselves increasing in our willingness to, in our carefulness to follow the commands of Christ. We find that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts because of the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. And we find ourselves loving Him more, prioritizing Him more, loving others as a result of loving God. And the love that we have for God and others and the commandments that we are carefully following are indications, John says, that we have truly been born from above, that we are truly walking with God so we can know that we know Him. That's assurance. And and Josh, I'll say this. In my experience as a pastor, I have never found anybody who struggles with the assurance of his salvation that lives a victorious Christian life. Yeah, yeah. It's people that have the assurance of their walk with God, an assurance of who they are in Christ that are people whom God uses to accomplish great things for yeah. his cause. Yep. Yeah. And anytime we are giving ourselves over to live for ourselves, to live for the world, uh, it typically is going to introduce some questions into our life. Like, why am I doing this? Why, why can't I get victory over this area in my life? Am I truly saved? Um, so yeah, I, w- I would absolutely agree with that. And I would say this too, and I think it's important to insert this here. Does that mean that if a person is struggling with the assurance of his salvation, that that means he's not saved? Right. No, of, often... Of course not. Often, I, 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 people that struggle with the assurance of salvation... Um, that give a clear testimony of, of salvation and an understanding of the gospel and what that truly means for them. Um, often I will, I will instruct them or help them to understand that perhaps this is Satan putting this thought into your mind because, you know, why, why, would, why would God want you to struggle with whether or not you are truly saved? 
Um, perhaps this is Satan, you know, pulling you back from doing something great for God. Uh, but, but often it's because people are living a lifestyle that is completely opposite of what God would have them to do. Right. So I, I would say a couple things there. First of all, I totally agree mm-hmm. that uh, Satan loves to plant doubt. Yeah. He, from day one, yes. right? He yeah. loves to plant doubt in God's salvific ability sure. to both save us in justification and to continue this 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 perfecting yeah. of our lives in sanctification. So for sure, mm-hmm. I would say number two that yes, people that that are living lives where they're not confessing, they're they're not they're, they're backslidden. It's possible to get to the place in your life where and a great a great uh, indicator of this is Second Peter chapter one, mm-hmm. where if people are not living a life of the Lord, they can forget that they were purged from their old sins. Yeah. Yep. They can completely become dissociated from their the confidence in their salvation. Right, right. Yeah, because at that point, what are we having confidence in? What is there to have confidence in? If my life is completely wrapped up in myself and doing what I want and sinning, then what is there to have confidence in? Because all that we've talked about back in verse 3, hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Well, we're going to have questions about that. But as you pointed out several episodes ago, in, in chapter 5, John clarifies that we can know, that we can know that we are saved. Um, and that's what God's by desire these is indicators. for By these indicators. And that's what God's desire is for everybody, is that they can have that surety that they are saved. There's not a question. Okay, so so what is it then? Because uh, there, there's some of you saying right now, okay, well, that's that seems confusing because that seems opposite of what you said last episode. So if a person is not keeping the commandments of God, they're living in sin, if a person is not expressing love for others and God, then that means he's not saved. No, we didn't say that. What that, what that means is that person probably lacks the assurance mm-hmm. of his salvation, and it's possible. It's possible yeah, yeah. that that person is not saved. So what that should do is that should make you examine yourself. That should make you go back to your core. You know, what am I trusting in? Do I really know Christ as my Savior? And I think one of the big differences, Josh, would be this. If you're a believer, or, or, or I should say this, if you claim to be a believer and you're living a life opposite of God's Word and you have no motivation to love God and others, then that ought to be a huge red flag mm-hmm. that perhaps you have believed in vain. Yeah. Perhaps you've not truly trusted Christ. And the difference would be this. Are you comfortable in your sin? Right, right. Because a believer ultimately cannot be comfortable mm-hmm. in habitual sin. Yeah. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, for instance, that if we are believers, then God as a loving father is going to chastise us. And yet the writer of Hebrews says, if you are without chastisement, then really your birth was illegitimate. You're not truly a child of God. So the point is this, if you aren't living for the Lord, if you are not motivated by love for God and others, is it possible that you're still saved? Yes. But if you're not feeling any compunctions for that, if you're not under conviction, if that's something that you're just cavalier about, 
then the Bible statement is, wow, you better look deeply inward at the validity of your salvation. Those are strong, strong words. Yeah, I mean, what we know about our salvation is that at the point of our salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's, one of the Holy Spirit's ministries in our life is to convict us of our sin and to show us our need for forgiveness. And if the Holy Spirit is not convicting, then there ought to be some questions mm. about whether or not my salvation really it, is genuine. It, it's very clear in the New Testament that it's possible to say that one is a believer, to claim salvation and not be yeah. saved. Yeah. And there are numbers of examples of that, and I would just leave that to your own conscience. And if you're struggling, if you're struggling with that matter in your life, you really need to talk to somebody, somebody whom you know loves the Lord, knows the Bible, and can help navigate you through that, because I would just not take any chances on my soul's condition. First uh, John chapter two and verse number six is where we are uh, today. The Bible says, he that saith, there it is again. So back in verse four, he that saith, back in chapter one and verse 10, if we say, back in chapter one and verse eight, if we say, back in chapter one and verse six, if we say, so John is clearly reiterating the theme that just because we know the things to say, just because we know the creeds to claim, doesn't necessarily mean that we're believers and doesn't necessarily mean that we're walking with the Lord. So uh, there are qualifiers. And watch what it says here in verse 6. So he that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he, as he walked. So here is kind of uh, another way of saying what John just said, but the difference here, Josh, would be he that saith that he abideth in him, well, here's what you ought to do, okay? So if you really are saying that you are walking with the Lord, to abide with means to live at home mm -hmm. with. So Josh, you abide with Danielle mm -hmm. and your boys. Yeah. You know, it's and a your fun dog. House. Yeah, yeah, right. So right. you abide with, but to abide with somebody would presuppose some things about that relationship. Yeah, yeah. You obviously know them well. Uh, you know what they like and don't like. Uh, you know what pleases them, and hopefully you strive to do that. So when John said this, he that abideth, verse number six, in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Right, so to, to Josh's point, when, when, you, uh, when you live with somebody, you know, you know how they live. Uh, you, you know the intimacies of their life. Uh, you know what they like and what they don't like. You know what time they get up, what time they go to bed. You know what the priorities of their life are. You know what they do and don't do. And what the Bible says is when we live in Christ, we know Christ. And if we know Christ, then we ought to allow the life of Christ to be the model for our lives. We ought to walk as he walked. So if there's an abiding in Christ, there ought to be a walking like Christ. He is our example. He's the one we emulate. But what's really, really cool to me is not only is he our example and the one that we emulate, because that would be like, how can anyone right, do that? Right. But he's also our empowerment. Yeah. He is going to help us to do what he has done yeah. 
and what he expects for us to do. That's a super important point to make because I think that reading the, the first reading of this verse, it's like, that is a daunting task. Like, how am I supposed to walk as Christ walked? That's, that's an impossibility. But he is the one that gives us the strength and the power to do so. And when I can trust and I can, I can um, place my faith in him to help me do that, then it changes things completely uh, as far as my ability to be. Because I can't. I can't do that on my own. But when I'm trusting in Christ through him, I can do all things. Paul yes. says in Philippians. And, and sometimes our excuse is, well, how can I walk as Christ walked because I'm not God? Mm. And that's certainly true. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm not God. But remember, when Jesus came to this world, mm -hmm. he divested himself right. of divine prerogatives. Yes. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is when Jesus came to this world, he didn't cease to be God. Oh, no. No, that would be absolutely heretical. Now, he is all God. But when he came to this earth, he chose to, to, live, to live as a human. And the life that he lived on planet Earth was a life enriched by and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. So he lived full of God's Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's what Hebrews chapter 1 teaches yeah. us. So we have the same resource. Yeah, yeah. We have the very Spirit of Christ who, as you said earlier, came to live inside of us mm -hmm. at the moment of our salvation— 1 Corinthians 6.18. Right. So the same resource that Christ had, we have. Yeah, yeah. The Spirit of God. Which is a very encouraging thought. You know, it because, is. Because, again, I cannot do that on my own, but with the Holy Spirit's empowerment, I can. And, and I should. I think that's another important thing to say, is that this is a challenge that is being given to us, yes, by John, but ultimately by God. I mean, it's included in, in scriptures. And that's the very word he uses. Mm -hmm. he, so ought he to walk. Yeah, right, he should right. do that. Yes. So just because we should do something doesn't mean we are doing right, something. Right. So this is an appeal to obedience. Verse number six, look at verse seven quickly. I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which he had from the beginning. So John is saying, listen, the, the key to your living for the Lord is not, is not some new, oh, wow, that's some, some new truth I, I need to, boy, if I could just learn that one little secret, boy, that I could live for God. No, it's the old, it's the old truth. And that, and that is that we walk in love, we walk in light. But watch what he says, because it seems a little bit oxymoronic here. Verse number seven, um, I write no new commandment unto you, an old commandment which you have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have for, for, heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you. Well, which is it? <laughs> right. Is yeah. it an old commandment or is it a new commandment? Yeah, and this is a this is a confusing verse. It seems to be a confusing verse. But when you think about the, the old commandment, it's something that they've always had. It's something that they've had since the you know the, the beginning of time, since Moses started talking about it. But the new commandment has come along with Jesus. In John 13, Jesus says, I give unto you a new commandment. And so this is the, the same commandment that they've always had, but it's new in the sense that there is a new example to follow. Yeah, it's fresh. It's fresh. And there's, a, there's, there's even a, a, a new, um, what's the best word to, to describe it? There, there's a, a, a new way that Jesus showed us to, to live in this commandment. And that is loving God and loving others. 
love love God and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, those were the the the, the two most important things that Jesus taught. And so this is this is the new part of this old commandment. So we're going to come back to this new commandment because I, I love the fact that you referenced John 13 where Jesus actually said this, mm-hmm. a new commandment right. I give unto you. Yeah. So there's no doubt that John is going back to that upper room. Yes. He's going back to looking at the, the Lord he has just laid his head upon. Mm-hmm. He's just celebrated the Lord's Supper. Right. So this is poignant in yes. his mind. Yeah. And he's 70 years later as an old man, yeah. racked by pain, tortured for his faith, yeah. is saying, it all comes back to that. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna revisit this uh, next episode. Sure, appreciate your faithfulness. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, leave us uh, a review uh, if you think about it. Uh, that helps us out, or a comment. Let us know where you're listening from. Uh, that helps as well. Hope you have a great day today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.